Hey, good evening. Welcome to the uh, Twelve Man Podcast. Uh, another another week done. Um, we're all just about awake after the um, after the weekend's football. Not to spoil, to spoil the um, surprise of what we're going to talk about. So you got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the uh, main chair as usual. Uh, you got Mr. John Donovan with me. Evening, JD. No, then are you okay? Yeah, we're doing good, mate. You? Yeah, good. Thanks. Uh, we've got Mr. John Cutler. Evening, John. You alright? Yeah, I'm good, lads. Good. And special guest, we're a fan, um, we're a reporter for the um, evening gazette with Dom Shaw, family on. Evening, Dom, you all right? Hi, lads. How are you doing? You all right? Yeah, we're doing good, mate. We're doing good. Um, so, yeah, we're going to basically we'll have a chat about the um, Rotherham game, you know, as brief as that may be. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll go over the, um, the summer dealings, you know, what, what, what didn't come in, what did come in, um, what other rumours may have happened. Um, and how, you know, how we're feeling about the first 10 games. You know, we're 10 games in. People say, I don't look at the tables for 10 games in. We're at that point now. So, you know, we'll have a look at that. We'll get, with, you know, we'll, we'll feel with the lads, you know, how we're feeling. We'll see how Don's feeling, how the how full feel about what's going on. And, uh, yeah, we'll just, um, we'll go with the flow. But um, before we start, we are okay. We're all doing good. All good, mate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fine. Bit melting. Well, so. Right. So, yeah, JD, let's start with um, Saturday. <laughs> I made the statement last week and I said I wouldn't go in uh, unless we had two up front. When that t- team came out, we had we had no complaints. That was the team we want, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, the, the lads who, who missed out, uh, McNair and Mort, kind of had no real uh, arguments because... They haven't really performed recently. Mind you, there's, there's, a, there's a few that fall into that category. Um, but yeah, we, we saw Muniz and, and what more up top uh, and, and Dyke stealing. Um, rightly so. I mean, Dyke Steele's, uh, you know, has been unfortunate, in my opinion, as to uh, the fact that he hasn't been getting the start on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, team was OK. I was, I was happy with the team when it was announced. Yeah, I say I was exactly the same. Um, I reluctantly said, "Right, I'm going in. I'm going to go and watch him now because obviously I got the the way of um, two up front." Um, John, I was obviously stood with you in the fan zone. The team came out. Um, you pretty much dragged us in. Um, we were pretty much happy with that team, weren't we? <laughs> I think John's just paused for a little while, so <laughs> maybe he's moved on. Yeah. We'll get John back. Don't worry about that. Um, Dom, I know obviously you weren't there. You weren't. You obviously um, had other commitments this weekend. But happy enough with the starting eleven, it'd be. Oh, he's back. Go on. Thoughts on the team? Gone again. Right, um, Dom. I'll come to you. You obviously you obviously missed the game because of other commitments. But on paper, that team that's the team everybody wanted, wasn't it? I think so. I, yeah, yeah. I agree with what you said there. Um, Mowat can have no complaints. He, I feel for him really in that he's stepping into the shoes, big shoes really of of Tavernier, but it, it hasn't worked so far, has it? He, he looks more to me uh, as a Johnny House and Holden type midfielder rather than having the energy to play in that left-hand side of the midfield. Um, so he can have no complaints. And I've always been a big McNair fan, but um, Dyke Steele need, needed to be in the team, didn't he? You, you, it seems strange to say it. it's not often you say a centre half comes on and makes a difference, but he has done, hasn't he? When he's when he's when he's 
when he'd come on at both ends, really, because because of the system and the way they play. I, I thought from the very from the very early stages of Wilder that Dyke Steele was the was the perfect fit for for the way he wanted to play. Um, he's dynamic. He's he's full of energy. He's brave, uh, and and he's getting better, isn't he? Um, so. I, I found it a bit strange, really, that he lost his place. But yeah, I was I was glad to see him come back in. And what more? I mean, it's a difficult one with what more because you know it's no secret that his game time's been managed. Um, but I always just think, going back to when to when he first signed, really, but more often than not, Borough look a better team when he's when he's playing. Yeah, you you know that you're going to get a good 60, 65, maybe seventy minutes out of him. Uh, mm. But you're, ne- you're never going to get the full game. I think we all know that. We're aware of that. But I agree with you. He um, he makes the difference. He, even if he comes off uh, the bench, you know, it, his his input um, seems to sort of spark everybody on the pitch and and, and in, on the terraces, you know. Um, so, yeah, good to see him start on Saturday. And... Again, I, I'll have to say I agree with Dyke Steele. I mean, the only thing that I would say, Dyke Steele needs to be a bit more nasty. He needs to maybe um, put some dirty challenges in. Um, maybe he's around the halfway line. We saw a QPR where he sort of, he, he put a half-hearted challenge in. Um, I think it was, was it Willock? Uh, yeah. And and he, he went on to, he went on to score. You just, you just want him to sort of be a little bit nastier, but other than that, he's um, he's he's a solid centre half, and he, he does what Wilder wants. You know, he, he takes the ball forward and, and he um, he opens things up. So yeah, uh, I agree with Dom. You know, Dykesdale uh, was I was pleased to see him start that game. Oh, yeah, on that on that thing about the nastiness, I think it might have been after that QPR game when Wilder said that. Uh, it's no coincidence that he hasn't been sent off. I think it was, yeah, or that he doesn't get many bookings. Or it was words to those effects, wasn't it? I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, I agree. But then I, th- I think I think that can be said of, of a lot of players, really. I think one of the problems, hasn't it, has been but, but the but maybe haven't been nasty enough in the last in the last year or so. We've lacked that bit of streetwise edge, haven't we, late on in games? I think naivety cost Borough at the end of last year, and we've seen it at the start of this year, haven't we, with the late goals conceded, and um, you know, Karanka's Borough um, had, had the faults, but they were so streetwise, weren't they, in, in those championship games, how many games they managed to see out um, and manage. I think I think that's been a problem over the last year. Yeah, 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 it, it certainly has. I mean, um, it's it's always something that you want, you know, and and I can't sort of look amongst the starting eleven and the bench from Saturday and think I want him on to sort of mix it up. I want him on because he's a he's he's a nasty bugger, you know. He's he's really going to sort of like take the game by the scruff of the neck or Polak's their dangerous players. I I, I don't see I don't see anybody in in our team who's like that at the moment, and um, and I know. I know we all like to see good football, but you you, you need that mixture. You need somebody in who's who's going to stop the opponent. And um, I just don't see it in anybody at the moment in our squad. Sometimes, sometimes you need that as a fan as well, don't you? Like when you mentioned there about Karanka, if you look, Ayala, Clayton, and Led Ledbetter for a start off. Sometimes them putting in a ferocious tackle <clears throat> would get the fans up as well. And like you just said there, I, I don't see it now. 
in the team we've got at the moment. There's no one there with a nasty streak. Well, funny enough, I was going to, I was going to mention uh, Ledbetter there, and obviously, JD, you're a massive fan of, um, of Grant, but that's one thing he was quite famous for, wasn't it? He, um, I remember a game at Burnley in our promotion season, obviously, you know, tough Tuesday night at Turf Miller. Within 30 seconds, seconds he absolutely polarised Joey Barton. Straight away, set the tone right then and said, this is our game, this is how we'll play it. You either match us or, or you go through us, you know, there's no there's no middle ground, you know, we're putting our, our foot forward and this is how we're going to go with it. And it, it's just a shame that we haven't got anybody in the squad, like you said there, that can match that and can and give us that bit of oomph behind. Well, I think, you know, I know, I, I know we've got a couple of tough tacklers in the team, you know, like Johnny Housen likes to put a foot in, Matt Crooks likes to put a foot in, but we haven't got someone like Ledbitter that will chop a player in half and say, right, that's the marker set, that's the marker now, you know, you, that, that's, that's where we are, you know, you either hit that marker or you don't bother, you see, that's the kind of player he was. But nice teams won't get promoted, you know. Um, good teams uh, and also ruthless teams, and uh, with a, with an edge to them, with a bit of nastiness, I'll, 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 that'll see them through certain games, and and they'll be the teams over at the top. I, I think as well, just just quickly on that, I know I know obviously we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about kind of recruitment and the summer signings, but Daryl Lenahan was was undoubtedly brought in with that in mind, you know, kind of. I think the word Wilder used again and again was warrior, and how um, clearly he rated him as a defender. But I think just as important was kind of the leadership skills. Obviously, the problem you've got there is, like for me, you've got to have Dale in the defence. You've got to have Fry in in centre half, and and can he, you know. Can he play Fry and Lenahan, or does he see them both as just the the, the centre of that three? Because um, it's a difficult one. Because you know Lenahan clearly offers that that leadership and that bit of bite that he feels the need. Um, but then for me, you know, on song, I don't think there's many better centre halves in the championship than Fry. Um, so yeah, it, I, I don't I don't think Fry's done bad at all um, since he's come in. Uh, I mean, he was he was hooked at half time uh, against Sheffield United. Um, but I didn't think he'd done anything wrong. Uh, you know, he, he was he was looking after Billy Sharp, and Billy Sharp had a quiet, quiet half. He, he also went over half time. I don't think Fry's done anything wrong, and and, and I like him also. Um, yeah, Lennon, you know, you wouldn't mess with him. He, he, he looks he looks solid. He, he looks um, he, he looks like the, the type of centre half who, who just who, who won't mess about and he'll just clear his lines and clear the man. So just quickly there then, lad. It hasn't, it hasn't worked at the moment uh, with Fry and Lennon. There's, there's something amiss. So, so just quickly there, what what's happened like with Fry? If you look at the, the end of last season or the book of last season, if you'd asked him his first name on a team sheet, I think probably most of us would have said Dale Fry. He was, he was excellent last season. So... So what's changed from from his performances at the back end of last season to the start of this and Wilder's uh, perception of him then, maybe? I don't know, but obviously strong rumours about um, words haven't uh, been exchanged between uh, Chris Wilder and Dale Fry. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's, there's maybe tension there. I don't know. I actually got, don't know. But... Well, well, funny enough, we've got the perfect person to ask. Go on, Tom. Um, <laughs> well, think, what did you I'm... hear about this one? 
on 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 the on the um the kind of exchange between them, I, I, I don't you know I've I've heard that myself through kind of what I've heard fans talking about, but I I haven't heard that definitively from from anyone. Um, I, I think. Lenahan has come in as, as wild as man, hasn't he? That's clear. You know, he identified him as a top target long before the end of, of last season. Um, and he, Wilder talks a lot, doesn't he, about... I think I think he sees the three centre-half positions as specialist roles. He doesn't just see it as three centre-halves. You know, how, how much has he talked about having this left side, left footer on the, on the left side of the defence? Now, for me, you know, I, I thought Paddy McNair did, a, did an excellent job there last season. But then... And by no means the expert, you know, Wilder obviously knows that expert, that system and what he wants from it a million a million times better than me. Um, so he clearly wanted the left footer, you know, Matt Clark and the various others who, who they were linked with before before they got Clark. Um, I think Dyke Steele and McNair are similar on the other side, jostling for that right-hand side spot. So, so whatever, if anything's gone on um, behind the scenes, I think regardless of that, it's still kind of... A, a straight shootout, really, between Lenahan and Fry, because with the way Wilder wants his defence to play, Fry isn't isn't maybe ready ready uh, kind of a perfect fit for the right hand side or the left hand side. I think he is seen as the central man in that in that back line. Um, so when when Lenahan comes back, I, I do think it'll be interesting to see because I, I don't we haven't really seen yet, have we? A, him have to pick a defence when all of his centre halves have been available. I think, you know, first Borough didn't have Clark, then Clark came in and, and um, Lenahan Lenahan was suspended, then he was out injured. So I think there's been one thing after another. So it'll be interesting when all five are fit, um, who he plays. I suspect at the minute you'd probably say it'll be Clark, Lenahan, and, and Dykesteel, but then things might change between now and then. The thing yeah, is, that's... he's alluded a couple of times after the games when we've not performed about maybe changing the formation. And and for me, if you put Fry and Lenahan at centre-half, you would have a bit of toughness. They'd be hard to beat in the air and they're both decent defenders. So maybe that's the way forward. He has alluded to doing it, like I say. It'll be interesting to see if he ever does. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I might be wrong, but I'd be surprised. I, I agree, he has, you know, he has, but I'd be surprised if he did from the start of a game anyway. You know, maybe maybe an option is kind of a plan B in the second half of, you know, you, like, you, you've got you've got the players there to easily make a, a swift change to a four, haven't you? Move Dyke Steele to a right back, push Jones forward, play ball the left back, push Giles forward. I think you can easily make it work. Um, might be wrong, but... I'd be this kind of system that he's played. He's played for a long time, hasn't he? Even before he came to Borough. So, I think um, I, 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 I think he'll persist with that. Um, but it's having key players. You know, I, I think you need more from Mowat, and I think you need more energy from Mowat on that left hand side, or whoever plays there. If it's McGree, I think you need more energy from McGree. You know, when I watch from McGree midfield, he still plods a bit for me. It's still, you know, I want more urgency from him in your midfield and then I think you probably need as you, as we've talked about right at the start an, an orthodox front too really um, you know we, we've all moved on from the days of you know teams need to play 4-4-2 and have four orthodox forwards but the fact is Borough were playing better last season with two two strikers than they have been at the start of this season with kind of McGree as a 10 behind a striker Yeah I mean we've spoke there about the defence um, and 
the amount of goals you've conceded uh, alludes to the fact that the defence is the problem. But I see it more as a midfield problem. Um, it, it, we, losing Tav has been a bigger loss than a lot of fans uh, uh, would have imagined. Um, his, his, his energy, uh, his drive, both at both ends of the pitch, We've got nobody like that at the moment. So he's been a big loss, in my opinion. Um, and we've got a lot of midfielders that are far too similar. Um, I think, you know, we could we could do with somebody who's got the ability um, to unlock, unlock the, the, the other team. It's great having 70%, 70% possession in games. But it's 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 awful when we don't get uh, results to match that uh, level of uh, possession. Uh, and just and to be fair, other teams are letting us have that possession now because I think the susters that we're not going to open them up. Um, so we're missing we're missing tab and we're missing some sort of creativity in midfield. That's our problem area, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I think other than McGree, I think all the other midfielders are very similar. He's he's the one for me that can unlock a defence, McGree. I don't see it in the other players. You can get the odd goal from Crooks and the odd through ball, but I went out creativity midfielder. I think he's the only one we've got. Well, I spoke last week about the, the number of players who, at the same time, are uh, suffering from a loss of form. Uh, you know that this Crooks is a shadow of himself. Housen's not doing uh, as well as he did last season. Uh, Mort hasn't hasn't lived up to, especially my expectation when I when I used to when I used to see him boss games that he played against us. Um, Jones off the boil, McGree. Uh, hit and miss. Is it a coincidence, Tom, that we've got so many players off form at the same time? Or is it just a confidence thing? Or is something behind the scenes that we're not seeing? I, th- I think th- this break is going to be um, kind of the, what com- what happens after this break is going to be quite crucial in telling us that. Because um, you know, although, although yeah, you know, Mogger always used to say, didn't he, 10 games and he'd let us look at the 10 games and he'd let us look at the league table. We only have to look at Forest last year to know that, um, you know, it's not too early to write the season off. But then you, you, the evidence is what's presented in the games we've seen, isn't it? And and, and at the minute, you, I think in some games, Borough have been really unfortunate. In other games, they've threw it away, haven't they? And we've, But then there's been... Like the QPR and and the Reading, um, where where it's just and Cardiff last week, where it just complete kind of not the type of performances we expected, not nothing like the type of performances we expected, and not really the performances we saw last season, other than one or two, you know, the Huddersfield home game springs to mind. Um, <clears throat> so I think it'll be interesting coming out of the. Um, coming out of this break, the first four or five games, is to, I think this is kind of an opportunity to reset, really. Got a few players in, um, 
kind of the first opportunity to reset after the closure of the transfer window, which, you know, we, we know kind of deadline day was, was disappointing. A chance for Luongo to get up to speed, Stefan fit again. Um, and then for other players, like you said there, like Jones and stuff, maybe just time to take stock really and, and you know, an arm around the shoulder and, and go again. I feel for Jones in that I thought it was always going to be a difficult season for him with that weight of the expectation. We always knew that. But then I suppose the spotlight's on him more when the team aren't playing well and, and perhaps others aren't playing well around him. Um, and, you know, last year, I think what I was most impressed about with, with Wilder in the early stages was how quickly he had Borough looking like his team. It was four or five games, wasn't it? And, he, and it looked like a Wilder team. Whereas normally, you know, normally when managers come in, you, you're kind of saying, well, we need to give him a transfer window. We need to. Um, whereas this season, they haven't, which is worrying. Have the, the, you know, the kind of energy and the application isn't necessarily there as you'd expect. And um, the kind of fear is, as Steve Morrison said, which the comments which clearly angered Wilder, is that Borough have kind of been figured out, really. And, and that, that is a concern. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it, it, it just seems that um, from last season, and by, this is just my opinion, obviously, but I feel as though the, the, the team spirit, the cohesion of the team is slightly different. I feel that the manager has has changed his his persona slightly. It, it's as if there's some unhappy people um, in in the club. Things aren't sort of just the things just aren't right at the moment, and and, and it, it, that's shown in, in in our disjointed performances. I think if you look at last, last season, two of the biggest players were Fry and McNair. Both of them have been at times dropped this season for performances. And I would imagine they're pretty big influencers in that changing room. So it'll be interesting to see, like Dom said, in the next couple of weeks, how we react to that. And and obviously they're not going to be happy with performances and they'll talk amongst themselves. And whether it is sort of like a divide between players and managers, because with football, how it is at the moment, there's only ever one winner now, sadly, and that's always the players. So it will be interesting in the next few weeks to see what happens. Mm-hmm. So just going back on obviously, um, you know how how well Wilder did start when he came in. Dom, obviously, you know, like you said, uh, the players picked up the formation so quickly and the, and the rhythm and the, the movement that he wanted. Do you think that's been a downfall from obviously the start of this season? You know, obviously we've had a lot of movement both inwards, outwards. You know, people are having to settle in, people are having to get used to the new formation. Do you think the starting age when he did come in last season? Do you think that has influence fans' decision on, you know, judging him as early as they already have? I think the thing with that is, um, it, and, it, and it goes back to the to the thing he, he mentioned about expectations after the Cardiff game, you know, when he, when he said that expectations of fans at this club aren't necessarily always in line with the quality in the squad. And, and the thing that stood out there is, you know, for me, since Wilder came in, at every opportunity he's been talking about how, he hasn't come to Borough to finish mid-table. You know, he he's talked up expectations. He's talked about the, sh- the the shirt being heavy in home games. He's talked about having to cope with the expectations and how he wants that because, you know, it means you're a big club and you want to be challenging at the top end. So I don't think you can kind of change the goalposts just because results aren't going your way. Um, 
the fact is, there's obviously expectations, but Borough fans are patient and understand as well. Nobody expected Borough to run away with the with the league this year. When I'm talking to fans before before the start of the season, I, I don't think I talked to many, if any, who really expected top two. I think it was a hope of third to sixth. That was mine. You know, I, I thought Borough had finished fifth or sixth this season. Um, the, but the expectations, I think, are aligned with where Borough have been in the last kind of seven or eight years, more often than not in the championship, that we've been in and around the playoffs, haven't we? Or at least least looking to challenge them. And secondly, I think you look at the squad. Um, yeah, we know it's got its flaws. We know it's got its problems, but it's still a good squad. Um, it's still a squad that plenty of championship managers would like to have. I look at that squad and I still think looking at that squad, the aim should be. Challenging, challenging for the top six. Um, even though we know that you're at least one midfielder short, you're probably one like striker who's ready now short if he doesn't see force and and Hoppy has been ready now. Um, but but when everyone's fit, which I know you don't often get, I, I still think that squad's more more than capable of, of challenging. Yeah, I mean we're on about uh, injuries and fitness there, but. You look at Sheffield United at the moment, they've they've got a, a, a pretty bad injury situation. Yet they can still sort of go... I know, I know it's confidence and I know they're on a roll. They go to Preston, who don't concede many goals, and they get the two, they get the, they get the victory, three points, top of the table, going into the international break. We've just had two home games where the performances in both were pretty poor. One point out of six... We're in the bottom three till the beginning of the month. And then we've got two tough games, you know, um, Coventry, Millwall. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's worrying for fans. It's, I, I don't think we'll, we, we'll be there. You know, I, I, I have every expectation for us to, to start to turn things around. But it's just, it's not where we want to be. And uh, it, it's certainly a worry. Oh, oh, you're absolutely right. Um, right. I think obviously we can see where these conversations go. We went against what's happened this summer. Um, I'll come to you to, first, JD. Obviously, there's not a lot of chances I can talk about from Saturday because not a lot happened. Let's be fair. Let's face it. You know, we should have beat them, but uh, we didn't. Who was your man of the match? Um, uh, Duncan Watmore. He, he just he, he created our best chances uh, at times. He done with a forward done. He was selfish. He could have laid the ball off um, a couple of times, second half, kicking towards the north stand. But he went for goal. That's what strikers do. Um, but he was the only one who had to, who had any real sort of goal threat. Um, Rotherham didn't trouble us. But to, to be fair, you know, they're, 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 on a, they're on a decent run. They're in a, 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 a decent sort of league position. Um, but they didn't cause us any problems. Um it was just frustrating that we didn't get that win. I mean, that, that would have took us out of the bottom three. It would have took us to 13th, 14th, 15th, some, somewhere around that position. And it would have, it would have been a lot easier over this uh, this international break, looking at the table, than it is than it is at the moment. So, to answer your question, what more? Thank you very much. Um, Dom, I won't come to you. You enjoyed yourself over the weekend, so I won't come to you. Um, John, obviously, we had a chat after the game. We were quite disappointed, but um, who was your man of the match from Saturday? 
Same answer from me, but a lot shorter. Work rate alone, what more? Yeah, I'll go full out, what more? I felt he should have scored. Um, this is the chance where he hit the fourth in the second half. I thought that's one of them chances where you just expect your number nine to pull it in. But apart from that, there wasn't really a lot um, to really go on. You know, Paul Warren came out after the game and said he was absolutely delighted with the point that the, the team got. Uh, he said he worked, they worked hard for it, and they did. But we should be knocking that teams off like that. I say, in the players. You know, I think we've been four points off the playoffs. If we've won, it shows how tight the table is this year. So yeah, it's just disappointing that you know we're not that position where it's at the bottom three. So yeah, it's been a disappointing result. But um, we move on. Obviously, we've got two weeks now um, because of the international break. Um, you know, it's two weeks for me where the squad's got to you know rest, recuperate, and get things right on the training pitch. Um, Tom, I'll come to you. Obviously, you know, we're 10 games in now. Fans are starting to look at the table. You know, you always have the people like myself that say, I won't look until 10 games in. We're at that point. We're 22nd. You know, without saying any more, that shows how far behind expectations we are, doesn't it? Yeah, the, the, I mean, nobody, nobody inside or outside the club will have expected to be in this position now. Um that said, you know, as as uh, JD said there, with a win at the weekend, Borough have been what thirteenth, fourteenth. Um, I, I know it's all hypotheticals, but you are a couple of wins, aren't you, away from you're two wins in a way, two wins in a week away from probably being twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, and suddenly looking up instead of instead of kind of looking behind. Um, I, I, I certainly don't think, and like I don't want this to come across as kind of like arrogant or delusional and all. I certainly don't expect Borough to stick around at the bottom of the table. You know, I don't expect in another 10 games time for Borough to be in the position they're in now. Um, and, and as I say, I don't want that to kind of be delusional. But just what I was saying before, I, I think the squad's too good for that. And I think that the manager's too good for that. Um, but, but what you don't want to do is kind of not let panic set in, but... Um, there was a buzz, there was a real buzz last season, wasn't there? And, and there was still kind of the buzz and excitement at the start of this season. The crowds have been good. Wilder's talked a lot, hasn't he, about tapping into the passion and the excitement in the area. You don't want to kind of lose that deer and kind of let frustration set in um, when when almost, you know, you, you get to the point where you're writing the season off. As I say, I think, I think we're a million miles away from that. We're not even a quarter of the way through the season. Um but, but, but I think sooner rather than later, you know, Borough need to string a couple of wins together just to get, just to perk things up, really. And, and if it comes off the back of this international break with those first two games, then I think that'd be great because it's a chance to refresh. It's got, You look at this now, don't you, as kind of the, between now and the World Cup, really, in this in this weird season. Um, and I think you've got to treat it as almost like a mini season, really. Have have a points target for those games. Um and, and, and if you can be within touching distance or if you can be in the top half uh, when you get to the World Cup, then I, th- I think you can approach the second half of the season and and, um, and be looking up. I think what we would say is, as poor as Borough have been in games, there's been nothing. Not, there hasn't been a standout team, has there? Even, even the teams where Borough have been well beaten, I think it's been a case of Borough making them look good. Um, 
you know, Watford come down last year, Borough matched them, should have won that game. There's a few of other, there's a few others, isn't there, where we where we came away thinking, how oh, haven't we won that? Probably more so in the first three or four games than the last three or four games. Um, but I don't think there's anything to fear. It sounds absolutely ridiculous to say, given that Borough are 22nd, but yeah, I think Borough can be as good as anyone <laughs> on the day, but obviously the evidence is 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 what we've seen so far and the points that are on the board. Um so yeah, fingers crossed we'll come out of this break and 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 perk up. What you don't want is that panic and worry and concern and and general kind of meh feeling to set in. Yeah, I mean you're right. I mean a point at Watford would have been a good point. Everybody would have took that. Yeah. Um, it, it could have been a win if Matt Clark's header had gone six inches out the side of the keeper. You know, um, it, it was it was a bullet header, but it was straight at the keeper. Um, and then we go and lose it right at the death. Obviously, Stoke City would throw two points away. Reading, awful performance. Sheffield United, um, an own goal. We, 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 we fell behind again 2-1 to the own goal. Got it back to 2-2. Two, two. I thought we were the better team on the night. So, you're right, Dom. You know, it's it's fine margins, as as, as um, Morgan said before, and other managers have said, it's fine margins and... Uh, but it's just recently the inconsistency and, and level of performance has, has dropped, and yeah, we need we need this time time away, you know, from from competitive football to get on that training pitch and to um, and to get our heads together and, and you know and, and and have a chat, get together, and, and come out come out fighting. Really, we need to come out fighting. We, we, we need to say right. We don't want to be in this position, so let's go from now. And you're right; it, it's another start, isn't it? And just quickly, uh, without labouring the point, I think Warnock used to talk, didn't he, at the end of his time in charge? He used to talk about how um, he, he, he didn't know what to expect from Borough week in, week out. And and I think Wilder addressed that, and we quickly we quickly knew what to expect. But it kind of feels like that again now, doesn't it? In that we like week to week, you, we know that. Or it can match anyone on the day, but then equally we know that they're capable of throwing in a performance like Reading or Cardiff or QPR. Um, and and for a, I mean, for a fan, it's frustrating enough, isn't it? For a coach, yeah, I don't know what that's down to, but that must be a nightmare, mustn't it? Working kind of all week and then really not knowing what team are going to turn up on Saturday. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah those two two of the games you mentioned there, Cardiff and QPR. When you're three 0 down within half an hour, yeah, yeah, sorry, two 0 uh, in, within Cardiff, three 0 within uh, half an hour at QPR, you, you must be thinking we didn't plan for this. You know, <laughs> this 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 isn't on our um, train training manual. But we made a fist of it. We tried to come back, but um, Cardiff, we were, you know, we were never going to get back into it to be honest, because uh, they had a good job of just sitting back and, and we got two goals in a minute but we just never seemed to never seemed likely to get the third but it's just worrying uh, the goals sloppy goals soft goals we conceding and um, our overall play at times worrying that's it I mean you know the positive thing we can take is you know you can count on one hand more performances where you think you know we were unlucky as uh, you know, the performances that we just mentioned there, QPR, Cardiff, 
where we were, we were just, you know, I, I didn't even put red in, in that category where we just ran awful and deserved nothing from the game. And, you know, you know, if we didn't win, you know, we had, we'd have no complaints. But, you know, I didn't go as far back as the West Brom game to start the season. You know, I know West Brom had some moments in that game, you know, the tw- you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. But I still felt we were the best team, the best team that day. And we should, we should have won that game. And, you know, at, at three points to start the season, all of a sudden you think, you know, that's a, that's a hell of a good start, that, you know. And, you know, obviously what happened at, at um, the QPR the week after, you know, was just was disastrous. But, you know, the bit that's frustrating, you know, we, one of our worst wins, if that's such a phrase, was Sunderland a couple of weeks ago. We, we, were, we weren't great against Sunderland. We really weren't. Um, but we still did enough. You know, we, we put we put the, the, the ball away from McGree's goal. And they didn't really threaten us, and we, we everything they came at us with, you know, with all the passing movements, we put away, and we kept them out. But you know that should have been the impetus for me, and, and you know the initiative to really kickstart our season. You know, we just beat Sunderland, you know, them up the road. You know, that's that's the target now. Go and get them, and to put in that performance against Cardiff, and then so a bit lacklustre on Saturday. You know, Dom, I'll come to you. Obviously, you know, you know, you obviously talked to Wilder quite a bit, you know, through you know, through interviews, press conferences, before, before after the game. You know, he must have felt a bit deflated by the last two games following a big derby win such as Sunderland. Yeah, I mean, I spoke to Craig um, Johns, obviously my colleague at the Gazette, and he said Wilder was subdued after Saturday's game. Um, which, which you'd, you'd fully expect frustrated as well, obviously, given what had gone on. When you mentioned there about Sunderland, I, I agree. I mean, it was it was a grim watch, wasn't it, at times? But as, as, as kind of poor a spectacle as the second half was, it, I thought it, it goes back to what I was saying a bit earlier about Borough being naive. Although Borough didn't do much in the second half, I never really felt like, were under any threat. I never really thought that Sunderland were, were going to score. At the, you know, they the pumped a few balls in the box, didn't they, in the last 10 minutes, but that was it. Borough managed the game like like I think they haven't managed other games this season. It was that they the, the managed the game better than they have done. Um, and I, I completely agree. I thought that was going to be, you know, a derby win. Um, you looked at the fixtures and they looked, they looked relatively kind, didn't they? Um I thought last week on paper was the perfect opportunity. Uh, you know, I backed to get six points before the Cardiff and the and the Rotherham game. Um, and then you see Morrison get, I know you should never do that, especially against Cardiff at home, because we know what memories of, of, of them coming here uh, bring. Then you see Morrison getting sacked after losing at Huddersfield four days later, and it kind of hits home, doesn't it, as, as to how much of a missed opportunity that was. Um, <clears throat> but... You know, I think Wilder's reactions is, is you know, there's there's been kind of anger at times with with individual displays and individual mistakes. You know, he counted out last last week. Was it was it ten of the fifteen goals he'd said was uh, where, where he puts down to individual mistakes? But then again, you know, you, that that comes back to structure as well, doesn't it? I think I, I don't think that's just a simple case of pinning it on individuals um, because I remember Warnock doing something similar uh, when when he was in charge. Um, and then I think frustration as well, really. Frustration as to how really, um, although Borough have been below par in, in some games, while it still feels that they should have more points 
more points on the board. But then that was the case at the end of last year, wasn't it, as well? You know, for me, Borough should have finished in the top six last season. If you, if you, with what whatever it was, kind of six, seven, eight games left, I, I was adamant that Borough were finishing in that top six. I mean, at one point, we were looking at Bournemouth, weren't we? You were kind of slipping a bit from second and thinking, can you know, can, can we get in there? Um, so it's... It's been it's been frustrating since, and, and I think this is a challenge for Wilder. Well, it, there's no thinking about it. It's undoubtedly a challenge for Wilder, isn't it? And it's his first real it's his first real real kind of sticky period at Borough. Um, and me and Craig were saying earlier, this break I think has come at the best and the worst of times. It's probably come at the worst of times as a fan, and in that after that Rotherham game, you just want a game, don't you, to bounce back to get another game to get going again. You don't want two weeks. Of, there's now worse than international break on the back of a couple of poor results, is there? But then I think it's probably exactly what we're in need. Just as I know I keep saying this, but just an opportunity to kind of take stock, really. Um, you know, assess the last few games, take a breather and, and go again and treat this next period as, as, as a block of games in itself. Yeah, I mean, as a fan, like you say, nobody wants to sit for the next fortnight looking at that table and seeing us at 22nd. Um, but... but we could do. We could do within the next few games. We could do with those scrappy one nil wins. We could a, 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 any win, you know, just get points on the board. Um, but just to go back to something you said, Dom, about um, you know that Wilder making a point of goals conceded down to individual letters. That's a little bit of a deflection technique, isn't it? That managers use, you know. Uh, and you mentioned there um, structure. Uh, it, you know, I remember him saying. I think it was one game. One game last year, I remember Wilder saying uh, when there was a, a really bad individual error and that cost us the game. I can't remember who, who the player was, but he said um, we win, we lose as a team, and we win as a team. Well, he's 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 now going on about um, individual errors. You know, it, it's not it's it's collectively. You know, we are conceding goals collectively. Ultimately, the structure and the individual errors. That's down to him because he's the one on the training pitch and he's the one who's picking the players. So he can he can try and deflect it, but ultimately the book stops with Wilder anyway. Of course it does. It always does, John. Yeah, it's always the manager. I think the, the player he was referring to, Wilder, I see it was obviously Joe Lundley, wasn't it? Because I can't I remember the, the game you're yes, it was. referring it, to. It was it was Lundley, you're right. Yeah. After the whole game, he simply came out and he said, I can't defend him anymore. You know, he's obviously seen the 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 criticism us fans have given, you know, through podcasts like ourselves, you know, in the terraces, you know, on social media, there was a lot of stick for Joel Lumley. And as I say, when you make that, that goal in a hole, I think even the players looked and went, oh, you should be saving that one. That's a, you know, that one really got away from us. And it, 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 you know, it's one of the games that cost us last season, but, um, is it like you said there, JD? Managers do this. I remember Pulis doing it uh, with the Samba Longa. Um, I think the Samba Longa scored two goals in a game, and um, the reporter said to him, "You know, you know, how do you feel about you? You know, you being straight, you get into important goals. You know, he pulled out mistakes straight away. He said, well, you should have scored a hat trick. You know, he missed a good one-on-one chance. You know, some managers use it to obviously get the best out of their players, but some, like you used to have said there, it's it's a it's a massively advantageous, you know, deflective te- technique from themselves, you know, they've put the pressure on someone else. But, um, you know, 
yeah, it was. It definitely was Joel. Me, I say, I remember the, uh, I remember the comments coming out about him. But you know, you were saying there about um, Craig Johns, uh, Dom. Obviously, I've spoke to him quite a little bit. He put an article out. Um, was it? Was it today? Um, no, it was yesterday. About our new head of scouting. Um, obviously, coming in, you know, um, Kieran Scott knows him really well. Is this? Is this something that he's set up ready for January? You know, obviously fans are going to look at it and think, well, it's a bit too late now. You know, could have done with him two months ago. But is this the club already setting stones and putting things in place to make sure that January goes as well as possible? I think, well, funnily enough, um, um, for for Wednesday, for tomorrow morning, I'm muddled up the days this week, um, there's, there's, there's some quotes from Wilder uh, going online first thing tomorrow morning. And, and they were actually from the back end of last week before news of the new head of scouting uh, got out. But I think I'm right in saying he, he's been in place since the start of last week. Um, so so obviously at, at the time of talking, Wilder knew that he was in place, but we didn't type thing. And, and Wilder talks then about how um, he, he talks openly about the transfer window, saying that kind of it's no secret that, that there's things we did well, but there's things we need to do better. It talks about the frustration at the end of the window. Um, but, but he talks about the, the kind of change being ongoing as to what he thinks need to happen behind the scenes. And this is obviously one of them. Um, but, but, you know, reading between the lines of the quote, it's not, it's not the only one, you know, he's not going to be the only one who's coming in. It looks like there's going to be more. So I think, um, I, I don't think by any means, this is kind of something that's happened on the back of the summer transfer window. Um, you know, I don't think it's like a deadline day closes, you know, right. We, that hasn't got a plan. We need to get someone else in. I think, I think, you know, as frustrating as, as kind of the close was, and I think Borough did a lot of good business in the summer, by the way, but, um, but ultimately, you kind of left disappointed at, at one or two that didn't come in, um, and it probably was only one or two. I think. I think a midfielder, and 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 a centre forward, two midfielders if you're being greedy. But certainly one was needed, wasn't it, on 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 deadline day? But um, yeah, regardless, I think the kind of change to, to the to the behind the scenes, be it recruitment or whatever else, um, you know, there, there was a couple of appointments at the back end of last season. Nick Allen became back in as as sports scientist, very well thought of in the game. Um the, the goalkeeper coach came in, Alan Fettis, his name escaped me for a minute there, yeah. came in, uh, obviously well thought of in the game. So I think that's kind of an ongoing process. Um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how else that changes. And I suppose it's kind of an ongoing thing. You know, we know Kieran Scott worked previously um with the new head of scouting. So so it's kind of an ongoing process of Scott putting his putting his fingerprints on things and, and getting the grips and getting the grips. How many windows has Scott has now? Is it th- kind of two and a half, three? Yeah. Um, I mean, last summer, didn't he? But it was kind of like the the last summer's window you think he probably didn't have the preparations for. So what yeah. you're kind of looking at two and a half windows, aren't you? Um, yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was definitely Last summer, you know, I know he wasn't officially he wasn't officially in because I think he was on it was he on garden leave from his from his previous yeah, coach. But um you could tell a couple of signings that came in like you know, Spora, Piero, they didn't scream the award up, did they? Let's face no, it. No, no. And and I think you can still see that now. I think I think, you know, we were talking about this. The 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 divide divide might be the wrong word, but like the line obviously not as clear as what it was between, you know, the Warnock signings and the recruitment team signings. 
But even now, although Wilder and the recruitment team are clearly on the same page, I think, you know, it doesn't take an expert to work out this summer that, you know, Hop and Force, Force, Hop more so, was kind of clearly, you know, a Kieran Scott signing, a signing kind of with a longer term in mind, whereas Matt Clark maybe is is more of a of a wilder of a, of a wilder signing. Uh, Ryan Giles was someone who Wilder identified. Dara Lenahan is clearly someone who Wilder identified. But then I think, you know, that that that's how every club should and will work, won't they? Because although, you know, I think I think although you need to obviously work on continuity. So when a manager goes, kind of you're not you're not starting again. There's always gonna be a manager is always going to have a preference for, for a certain type of player, isn't he? And just kind of find a balance, really, with the recruitment team or or director of football or whatever else it is. Um, it's, interesting, it's interesting you said there, Dom, about them clearly being on the same page. So as a fan, and this is purely speculation, but I won't be the only one thinking it, we've just spent over £5 million on two centre-forwards that now Chris Wilder's coming out and saying uh, players for the future. Well, Force, didn't he play 40... 40 games for Brentford when they got promoted. All right, he didn't start them all. And we're crying out for strikers and players who can score goals. Are we in a position to be doing that? And uh, does that sort of intimate, it sort of intimates them either. They're not wilder signings because the, otherwise they'd be, otherwise surely they'd be getting more minutes than they are getting. I, I wonder whether, whether they kind of may be more, more, um, like identified by the recruitment team and given the green light by Wilder rather than identified by Wilder as right, I want to go and get him. Um, whereas clearly like Lenahan and, and Giles and Stefan, you know, Stefan, you know, Wilder purrs about him, doesn't he? Thought he'd sign, you know, just still believes, I think, I certainly did at the start of the season that he was signing, who was going to be the best goalkeeper in the championship. Um, the fourth one, I, I think... You know, hop, hoppy. It was kind of that. That looked more like a, a signing as what Kieran Scott talked about when he came in, kind of identifying maybe diamonds in the rough, kind of looking in areas where other clubs aren't looking. You know, there was three or four examples. Um, had being the prime example at Norwich when he was there. The fourth one surprised me, and I agree with you. You know, he's he's played in the Premier League. He, he played a lot for a Brentford team that won promotion. So when he came in, I thought he'd be more of a kind of striker for now. Um, you know, he, he's not he's not an 18-year-old kid, is he, who you're bringing in to kind of three or four years down the line. And in the position Borough are in, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have said at the start of the summer, would we, that Tuba Akpom is going to be ahead of two summer signings in the in the pecking order. Now that's testament to Akpom, isn't it, in the way he's turned it round. But yeah, I think I think Hop Hop certainly more. Although he staked his claim with a couple of goals the weekend, I think he's clearly more kind of being brought in as a project. But the fourth one, yeah, that has surprised me. I thought he he'd have featured more. Um, it might have been that. You know that was the intention, but when he's come in, he just maybe hasn't looked as sharp as they wanted in training, or hasn't quite got the grips with the system yet in training. It's clear, isn't it, that I think it's telling when you look back at Wilder over the last few years. He's had a settled team, but Borough last year we saw it, didn't we? He had a settled team, but he kept tinkering with the centre forwards, didn't he? Last year we were going to a game, you could name nine of the eleven, couldn't you? And and it was the two up front who it was going to be. Was kind of similar when he was at Sheffield. 
I think it's telling this year that it's Muniz, isn't it? And and it's kind of who's up there with him. If Akpom's fit now, you're probably saying it's Muniz and Akpom every week. So that's probably telling, isn't it, as to the faith he's got currently in the centre forwards on his books. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's you know that that's something that Wild is quite famous for, I suppose. He, he likes a very settled um lineup, you know, consistency is key with what he goes through and you know, the formation that he plays. I know, obviously, two games a week, he likes to make a couple of changes, freshen things up, but he still likes the, the core of his squad to be exactly the same. And that's something he, you know, he thrives on. And, he's, you know, it's, it's successful for him as well because it worked for us last year. You know, just missed out on the playoffs. But, but one last question from me, Dom. Um, you know, both, you know, your opinion and the feeling you're getting from the club. You mentioned there, you know, we didn't get another midfielder in and we didn't get another striker in. Which one do you think hurt us the most? The fact that we didn't replace Tav or the fact we didn't get another number nine in? Midfield for me, undoubtedly. Um, I think, like, losing Tav was... You were never going to replace Tav, were you? You know, I I think he's brilliant at what he does. Um, I was surprised he went. Yeah, I agree with what kind of Warnock and Wilder said in that, and I've probably been made to look a bit daft here. In that, I thought he'd, he'd benefit from one more year in the in the championship, but then he's fit nicely into that Bournemouth team, isn't he? Seems to be playing well from what you're reading here. Um, but 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 then I, but then equally, so so midfield undoubtedly, I think you know the midfield. I think Muniz. Uh, I like the look of Muniz while he's still getting up to speed. I think when Akpom's back, um, he'll be he'll be useful. Um, you've got what more there as well. Plus, you would hope. I, st- I still think Coburn would be a better bet at the minute than than um, Force or or Hop from what we've seen. But clearly, he felt Coburn was better off elsewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I think for a, a, a desperately short of numbers and quality in midfield, really. I think JD mentioned it earlier. Or, or it might be John how the midfield is, is is all a bit alike. Um, it's a bit ploddy and one paced, isn't it? Um, and I think the other thing is, which JD said, uh, we all expected more from Mowat that year when Mowat left Barnsley. You know, I think if if someone had said get one player who's going, who's who's on the move in the championship this year and bring him here, I'd have said Mowat because he looked class, didn't he? Um, now, whether he just doesn't suit the system or whether he's still getting up to speed, I don't know, but I've been disappointed with him so far. Um, so, yeah, a long, long answer is... Uh, sorry, a long answer to what is, a, is a, uh, an easy answer is, is, yeah, midfield. John, I'll come to you. Obviously, you know, I know how much of a fan you were of Tav, um, so this answer pretty pretty similar to you, won't it? Uh, surprisingly, no. Wow. Um, I, I, I did say... Fans won't realise how much Tav gives this team until he's not here, and we are realising it now. But Wilder and all of us as fans knew that we needed a goal scorer and centre forward. Now, while I agree with Dom that Muniz for me looks good, and if we create for him, he'll score goals. But if you'd have said, I mean, even when Akpoms did well in his first few games, just before the window, we went round and, and said, "Would you keep him?" And I think all of us said no. Still. So for him now to be our number two striker is very surprising and a little bit, might be harsh on him, underwhelming as a fan for me. So for me, it was a centre-forward. Wilder went on all summer about a centre-forward. We were linked with centre-forwards and we just didn't get one one of the big bigger ones that we were going for. We didn't get it done. 
whatever reason. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Because uh, agree well. JD? Well, I would have said centre-forward, but looking at our midfield at the moment and also not just the starting midfields, but those that we've got on the bench and in the squad, we, we, are, we are lacking... Um, we are lacking creativity. I think we all know that as fans, you know. You just we have enough of the ball to to be able to pull 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 the opposition out of, out of shape slightly if we had a, a, a good midfielder who could exploit that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a creative midfielder, you know then and. and I know, like good strikers, the goal does. But, um, but the way the season's gone now, I just think our midfield is, is very same. Um, and and it's a position we're crying out for, you know, so I can hope, you know, that we can get through um, to the January transfer window and, and still be, be in touch um, with the the top six and and, and hopefully... The new guy, is it Jones, the head of recruitment, yeah. along with Kieran Scott, have identified somebody who can come in and uh, and, and really sort of take us forward from then. Because midfield we're short, in my opinion. It, it's it's also the reason why we concede so many goals. Yeah, midfield is your midfield is your first line of defence, and the opposition teams are getting through us a bit too easily. Yeah, we seem a bit disjointed when you go from back to front. We seem and the midfield is 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 destroying our our shape massively. Um, before I wrap it up, Dom, obviously you know I'm gonna I'm gonna pick at this one here. Um, obviously you know we were linked with God knows how many strikers, and the two names that came up massively was obviously Strand Larson and Emil Reese. How close, you know, from what you heard, what you said, how close were we to either of them putting on that number ten shirt? I think I think there was confidence, especially with Larson, because Borough had done a lot of work on Larson uh, long before the name got out into the into the public. You know, we we'd been told that um, without without being told his name, that Borough had done a lot of work on a striker playing in you know whatever league, um, and and there was there was a confidence that that Borough were going to be able to get him, um, especially. You know, right from the start, Borough drew a line on on what they were, were going to pay, which you've got to do. You know, I think we've got to applaud them for that, haven't we? Long gone are the days. You can't throw silly money about. We know that. And let's be honest, them. You know what they were going to go up to was a, was a significant amount. Um, so, and especially then when Larson starts talking about um, wanting to leave and pushing pushing for the move, there was a confidence there that 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 could happen. But then equally, you know, when, when that happens, it alerts more clubs, which, which ultimately makes it more difficult. Um, with with um, Reese at Preston, again, I think there was a confidence step. Preston made it pretty clear, didn't they, that, that, that we're not going to release that statement saying, you know, we, we, we've rejected the offer. We have no intentions of selling. Um, but we were in a difficult position in that they clearly knew that, that the players they wanted um, you know, we've talked about this a lot over the summer, and they had to find that balance between, you know, sit tight and hope that something becomes available in the last week or so when all the movement happens, 
or do we kind of move now, get a player who might not be our number one target? And then we're left frustrated in the last week when our number one or number two target suddenly becomes available and we're sat there thinking, well, if we just sat tight, we could have got him. So that that's always the balance you've got to strike. And I think, you know, you're quick off the mark in getting Giles and Lenahan. They've got the keeper situation addressed, both in terms of the goalkeepers and the goalkeeper coach. Um, the, the Tav one was a spanner in the works because at the start of the summer, Borough didn't expect to be selling, um, you know, Tavernier. I think that situation came about very quickly and kind of surprised Borough really, and they felt they were in a position where they had to let him go. Um, so, so that one was a curveball because suddenly then you left replace, you left needing to to replace your best player. Um, so really, Borough did their work thinking, right, now we're going into the latter stages. Yeah, we might need to touch up in a few areas, but our focus is on bringing in this centre forward. Um, and then as it is, two or three situations kind of played against them. Then you've got the Tavernier situation thrown into things. Um, so I, I don't think, you know, in answer to your question, neither were, were very close, but there was certainly a confidence um, on, on, on both of them, um, especially Larson. And I think the other thing is, um, there was a couple of players, there was a couple of Premier League loanees who I think who were maybe expecting to be available. Craig's talked about this one in that he's never had it confirmed, but Craig's pretty certain that Adam Armstrong was one of them. Um, early on in the summer, it looked pretty pretty likely that Armstrong was going to be allowed to leave Southampton, wasn't it? As it is, you know, things change. Um, a couple of players come and go and suddenly Armstrong's playing again. So I think three or four situations probably played out differently to what Borough hoped and expected. Um, and ultimately, you, you, you kind of left with the frustration and that Tav situation, which threw a major kind of spanner in the works. And as I said, you suddenly need to leave, replace your best player. Yeah, and, and like I said, I think uh, Tab's been a huge loss, absolutely huge loss. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, just before, I think I know I keep saying this just before I finish, do you think, you know, the situation with getting, you know, 10 plus million for Tav, near 20 million for Spence, do you think that hindered our, I suppose, our progress getting the striker in? Because clubs knew we had money. Clubs knew money was there, so when we were going in with certain amount of money at bids, you know they're obviously looking at it thinking, "Well, come on, you can put another couple of million on top of that." You know, let's not let's be soft about it. Do you think that hindered our progress in getting someone over the line as well? Hundred percent. I mean, I know th- these are absolutely incomparable, um, but you, you look at Newcastle at the minute and the situation they have in that they kind of calling it the Newcastle tax, aren't they? And the yeah. clubs know how much money they've got. Now, I know they're absolutely incomparable, but you get the point, don't you? Kind of when when selling clubs know um, know that there's money to spend, then then they're obviously going to nudge a little bit up. There's always that kind of point, isn't there? Where you know if if a, if a selling club ultimately wants to sell the player, then there'll have to be a point where they bite. Um, but, uh, you know, like the Spence situation, Borough again were in a difficult position there in that Spence and his representatives made it clear very early in the summer that Spurs was the only party in town, the only club they were interested in negotiating with. So suddenly, Borough in a position where 
you know, a month earlier, they're probably thinking, you know, we've got, well, they're not probably thinking, they're definitely thinking we're going to be able to bounce four or five clubs off each other here. We know Forrest wanted him. There was talk of Bayern Munich. There was talk of Arsenal. We'd all read the reports of all the clubs that were in for him. Some were obviously agent-driven, but some were, were genuine as well. Um, Spence makes it clear that he's only wanting to go to Spurs. Spurs know that. Forrest know that. So they turn their attention quickly elsewhere and sign Nico Williams. And then Spurs come in with what was a ridiculously low first offer, um, knowing that kind of well, we're the only party in town. So, you know, Borough did a did a great job of kind of getting what they got in the end for Spence. Um, I kind of felt at the time that, you know, on paper was that a great move for Spence. And we look at it since he hasn't played yet. But then a year down the line, he might be playing regularly and it might look like that. But um, so, yeah, 100% that, you know, and then you get whatever you got for Tav, 10, 12 million for Tav. Um, selling clubs know that, don't they? Not daft. Yeah, I, say, I, I, think, I think that's what hurt us. Uh, ultimately, you know, clubs knew there was money there. It wasn't a case of we were cutting costs back and, you know, keeping the money to, you know, balance the books a little bit. It was obvious that, you know, money was there to be spent. So, hopefully that comes out in... Um, in January, we can put a you know a few quid on the table for some players. But if I could put you know if you could put your neck on the line, you know I know obviously you, the start with us not great. Bottom three where we are at the moment. Are you still confident we'll get that top six spot? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I mean I don't think you could say confident at the minute. Um, I, I I think Borough can get themselves back in the mix. Um, if someone said now Borough were, if someone offered me Borough being 11th or 12th at the World Cup I'd take that and then think right come out the World Cup get the January window out the way and kind of treat the second half of the season um, so I, you know I, I think I'd be daft to sit here and say I'm confident Borough would be top six given on what we've seen but equally I, you know I, I certainly wouldn't write it off I think it's far too early I still think that's the aim this season you know I still think that's got to be the aim to get in the top six but I, I hope that at the end of the season that doesn't look, you know, Burad still are now and that looks like the most ridiculous thing ever. But, you know, you look at the squad, you look at the, the, the manager and everything, you look at everything, it, it's got to be the aim, hasn't it, regardless of what's happened in the first 10 games? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it's 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 more hope, isn't it, you know? Um, well, yeah, well, I started the season fairly confident, you know, that um, we would, we would maybe say, Make the playoffs, but but now uh, it's it's more of a hope. Um, I mean, believe it or not, I'm, I've been I've been really sort of downhearted and frustrated with with some of our performances this season. But I'm as optimistic uh, a fan as you 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 you're likely to find. I, I know I know I come on here and and I. This is where I get rid of all my frustrations, but um, but I, st- I, you know, I'm still hopeful that we can make top six. Uh, you know, I, I always try to see the uh, the positive way forward. Believe it or not, <laughs> so you're, you're probably going to be surprised by my answer here because I've mentioned like a few things about Wilder and whether they're hand in hand with the recruitment team, but for me, Wilder's completely still the right man for this job. And I do think he'll get it right with this team. And I am still pretty confident that we will finish in the top six. Like you said earlier, 
who we played against us looked amazing. I thought I think Sheffield United far by far and away the best team we've played this season, and we were lucky in that game. I think eventually Wilder will get it right, and this team will will get going. And hopefully the recruitment's right in January, and we're close enough to the playoffs where we can make a real push. I am still pretty confident we can do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still fully supportive of Wilder. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not one for for changing managers just when we get a a, a power string of results. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Things uh, things improve from now. Exactly. You know, hopefully, um, hopefully this this couple of weeks break puts you know puts the squad back into you know better mould because uh, you know it's it's like you find themselves again. You know, put things right. You know, there's a couple of things that need putting right. And, Hopefully, you know, we use that these couple of weeks for getting right before Coventry. But um, we'll discuss Coventry next week. Um, that's that's all we've got time for, really. Well, it sounds like Radio 5 Live, doesn't it? <laughs> um, JD, John, thank you very much uh, for coming to chat with me as usual. Dom, pleasure having you on. Uh, so it's been been too long. Um, hopefully, we'll get you on back on again real soon. I know we've got Craig coming on. In the next couple of weeks, he's he's dying to get back on. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for popping on. It's been a real insight and a, and a pleasure. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me, lads. Anytime, really enjoyed that. Thanks very much. No problem, yeah, cheers, John. Thank you very much. And yeah. uh, and thank you for for listening, for getting in touch, and um, keeping us going. And um, yeah, well, um, we'll have a week's break. I'll put my voice on ice. Uh, hopefully, it'll be all right next week. And um, yeah, we'll we'll preview commentary and yeah. Can I just can I just say, Steve, um, the Butter Breakdown podcast are, are through to um, the sort of final stages uh, yeah. of of the the FCA podcast awards. So it's a great podcast. There's lots of there's lots of other podcasts out there, and it's great that one from Teesside has a chance of uh, of doing so well. So I would urge everybody to vote for them. Absolutely. The Butter Breakdown podcast. Vote for them, and let's hope uh, one of our own brother podcasts can win it. Well, said. absolutely, yeah, I, I agree with that. I say I know how hard um, Dana and Johnny work on that on that podcast. Um, so you know, I say I voted for them, and uh, hopefully they get recognised at a national level for, for the, the hard. Oh, it, it would be great. It would be great. I put a podcast there. Yeah, spot exactly. On. They say, you know, they, you know, we, we all we all have the same we all have the same goal. We all want the same thing. Uh, it's just different opinions are a bit different, but it's a you know, I'm not saying go and listen to theirs, I'd rather listen to ours, but um, you know, it's um, you know, they're, they're a fantastic um, bunch of guys and um, you know, they deserve everything that's coming to them because they work really hard. So, um, you know, that's what I hopefully will be next year, fingers crossed. So, um, we'll leave it there. Um, before I finish, um, one of our um, usual people that's on, uh, Jacob, it's his birthday day, and I said, give him a big shout out. Been mad or shout out for him. So at birthday, mate. Uh, I'll see you on that bus to Coventry. Another year closer to that Jagerbomb and me ruining your life. Uh, <laughs> so um, yeah, um <laughs> sounds really bad saying that, doesn't it? But um yeah, well I'll try again next week. Arriva Dirty up the borough. Um take it easy. See you later. No, the best. Cheers, lads, up the borough. Thank you. Cheers.